0: I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Today we're talking to Gilad Mogi, CEO of Kajenra Solar, which announced last week that it had introduced a ground-mount solar system that installs for 50 cents a watt. Gilad, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. As most of my listeners know, the refrain among industry insiders and consumers alike is the importance of bringing down the cost of installed solar. Can you tell us how Cogener feels about that? What we've witnessed over the last few years
1: as solar prices have come down is that solar has become much more affordable. Now all across the U.S., California, other states you're seeing a lot of people deploy solar on a residential level not because of a subsidy or because somebody's telling them to, just because it's economical than it is to rely on the utility. That thing cannot yet be set for commercial scale. What needs to happen is this cost of pounds have to go down another notch for the same thing that's happening on the residential level to happen on the commercial. For solar to be truly affordable and for people to be adopting solar because it's the cheapest form of electricity. And I think with the cost and performance that we're introducing with the T14, we're bringing that point about. We're helping to accelerate the point where more and more commercial entities, and large-scale users of electricity, switch to solar because it's the cheapest form of electricity they can uh,
0: obtain. Howard, did you get to 50 cents a watt, and it's a, that's a level that so many industry experts have said was practically unattainable. Do you know of anyone else who is working on a similar path that you are?
1: We are unaware of someone that has the capacity to reach the same uh, cost point in the short term. I'm sure people are working, which is not aware of all the activity. If you look at the reason why people believe this is the bottom, it's because silicon is, in the end of the day, a crystal and you can make it without profit, and you can make it in high volume, but in the end of the day, you're still covering a very large area with a crystal, which is fundamentally expensive. And our approach has been to avoid that, essentially intercept the sun, or cover the large area with glass, simple glass mirrors on steel, very, very low cost, an order of magnitude lower cost than silicon, and use that to concentrate the light on the silicon. So that's really what enabled the next step, because with silicon by itself, I agree, it is indeed very, very difficult to take the cost reduction much further.
0: Tell us how you got to the breakthrough. What kind of engineering went into it? What is the technological tipping point?
1: First of all, it was, uh, before technology, it was an analysis of the, of the market forces at play. So when we looked at this four, four and a half years ago, we saw pound prices were not where they were today, but it should have been obvious to people that that's where they're going because of the large competition, because of the investments in Asia. It should have been obvious that certain prices are going below dollar watt. For uh, all attempts to compete against silicon, use gallium like, arsenic or use other materials, were really bound to fail. You you cannot go against silicon, and you cannot go against the industry. It's a high-volume industry in, in, in production, and if you try to innovate too much, your own materials, your own inverters, your own bouncer system, you, you're bound to fail. You have to use the industry. But you have to try to improve upon that. That was the sort of background approach. The second approach is that you're not going to go raise a billion dollars and, and build your own vertically integrated factory, you have to be very capital light and use as much as you can of the existing infrastructure. So those were really the constraints. Use silicon and use the existing infrastructure. And with those constraints in mind, but the first, and most obvious way to reduce cost is to concentrate. In that sense, that's not a novel concept at all. The idea of concentrating has been around for a while. It's the execution that's stumbled people tried to concentrate on non-silicon materials. Now, once you concentrate on silicon, and you realize you need to be at a very low price point, below 50 cents a watt, you realize you can no longer afford to use curved glass, which was what was used in previous attempts to concentrate either curved glass or fernellens or other form of more expensive glass. And we realized we have to use really flat glass, and our solution was to use flat glass mounted on a thin sheet of steel, and the sh- steel curves and forces the glass into a shape which causes the concentration. That's a big cost reduction, being able to use a flat piece of glass on um, on steel. The second aspect that comes with this, is that once you do this, once you go to a reasonable concentration, 14X in our case, you're gonna be producing a lot of heat. And if you try to use cooling fins, radiator type cooling fins directly on the on the system, you're not gonna be able to dissipate the heat and you're gonna limit your concentration, you're gonna limit your module size. So we went with a circulating fluid, essentially taking the heat away from the high density area to uh, place shaded by the system where it radiates away. That's the second big cost reduction aspect. And the third one is that we're using very high efficiency silicon cells. That has more to do with what's happening in the industry, and as the industry has gotten more competitive, more and more vendors are trying to differentiate themselves with silicon-based but higher efficiency cells. Both cells are optimal for us, and that together with the way we modulize the cells, go from a cell to a module, enables us to get the highest efficiencies. So it's the very, very low-cost glass, it's the cooling, and it's the high-efficiency cells together which leads this
0: cost. When you say high efficiency, what efficiency percentage are you looking at?
1: If you look at the standard, multi-crystalline are in the 16 percent range, and mono are in the 18 percent range. Today, there's several vendors, and we can't be specific about who we're working with, but it published results uh, above 21 and above 23%, and there's more and more of these vendors coming out with cells with a higher efficiency than the standard. These cells are not at the price point where they would be competitive for large-scale ground installations if you had to quote... Area with them. Since we're using 114th of the area, there were much less sensitive to the fact that these cells cost a little bit more. But on the other hand, we gain a lot from the fact that they're high efficiency. So it's in the 20s.
0: How long does it take to develop something like this?
1: Our approach as a company was that you want to be in the market fast to prove your technology, to iterate, to, to learn, and to, to develop your vendors and your installers and so forth. So from the day we started the company, we had a commercial installation within less than a year and a half. That was the first generation, and then we traded to second and third. What we have come out now is the fourth generation. Can look overall, it's taken us more than four years to get to this point, but it's, but it's four years in which we were being installed and monitoring performance and getting customer feedback and, and uh, again, working with our supply chain and so forth. So it's bottom line is four years from the beginning, but four
0: years, as well, three of them we were in the market. The systems are manufactured here in the United States. Can you tell us where the factory is located and how many people it employs? And tell us why you thought it was important to manufacture here.
1: It's the heart of the system, the active part, the module, which is made in the US, which essentially the, and that is our technology. How we, although we do not make the cells, we work very closely with the vendors to customize the cells. And then the way we make the cells into a module is not standard. Modern technology, some more advanced interconnect technology to get extra efficiency, and that is the technology we developed. And we felt we have the best quality control if we do it uh, in-house. We made some automation changes to make it to make the assembly straightforward. So really, to control the IP, to control the quality, and since it's a concentrating system, and we only need one fourteenth of the cell area, you can say it's affordable actually to make it here in, uh, in California. At the moment, we uh, we are split between uh, two sites here in California, and again our workforce. We kind of want to go into specific numbers but it's flexing based on the volume we're shipping.
0: You I know most of my listeners are thinking the following. What has the interest level been in the product? I
1: have to say that about a year ago when we started discussing this with customers, the first response was, Well module prices are gonna keep down for going down forever, so who needs a lower cost module? And that was just after module prices had collapsed to from you know, from over a dollar to seventy or sixty cents. Now a year later where well, module prices have leveled off and people understand they can't go down any further uh, foreseeable future and we're coming in with a lower cost point we're seeing very strong interest again we just announced this and started uh, pursuing uh, customers in the last two weeks we're seeing very strong interest um, and uh, we have to, it will continue in the future but at this point the, for the larger scale installation the cost difference is fairly compelling and we're seeing
0: strong pull. can you tell me about your tucson arizona project that is scheduled to break ground in january
1: because it's a high-radiation location. Arizona overall does not have high electricity costs. It has fairly moderate electricity costs,
0: but it has a very, very
1: strong solar resource. It has a lot of land, and it's an ideal place to put a ground-mount system that, in an Arizona climate, can very quickly be put on a path where you don't need any subsidies, and even when the tax benefits go away and so forth, solar can compete on its own merit and just by being the cheapest form of electrical generation. So Arizona is a great uh, place to prove out that... uh, really generate electricity at these costs in from solar.
0: If people want to find out more about Cogenra's T14 system, where's the best place for them to find that information?
1: The easiest place is our website, of course, cogenra.com, and that tells quite a bit about the product. And for people that are more interested in, and want to dive in deeper and have a specific products in mind, then we obviously can uh, host them here. We, can, uh, we have multiple installations uh, worldwide, but specifically in California and Arizona, and uh, seeing one of our installations and actually how it performs and and seeing the customers is probably the best way to uh, to get to know the
0: technology. We've been speaking with Gilad Almoghi, CEO of Cogenra Solar, which announced last week that it introduced a ground-mount solar system called the T14, and it installs for 50 cents a watt. Thanks, Gilad. Thank you. This has been Solar Speaks, Solar Power World Magazine's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Until next time.